Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. We are pumped because today we are going to be diving into episode 12 of both the Future and Despair arc of Danganronpa 3, the anime. So we're going to be talking about the anime finale here. We're going to be talking about the whole series and how it all wraps up. And so that being said, this episode will spoil everything through... The entirety of the Danganronpa 3 anime. Yes, indeed. And without further ado, I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Danganronpa Podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. We haven't recorded in over a month, and the fact that we were able to just get, like, it was like as if we not. Oh, yeah, we were not recorded in over a a long time. Yeah, long time for sure. Over a month? I've been over here twiddling my thumbs, like, (laughs) the backlog. I've been doing things like jazz hands and um, some jazz squares. It's it's also crazy to think that this episode is not going to see the light of day until, like, August. (laughs) Yeah. Well, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Ultra Hope Girls. We're here and we are ready to talk about the last two episodes of this anime, which I humorously watched out of order. And I remember finishing (laughs) the Despair Arc episode and being like, what more is there to watch? (laughs) It's like, we kind of wrapped it up pretty nicely there. And then I watched the Future Arc and I was like, what is happening? Like, I I had like the emotional like moment of the like Despair Arc and I was like, waiting for it to get more emotional like to see more byakuya but there was nothing i think it's also important to note that uh when we first watched this anime many many months ago uh i binged this series from start to finish and i was texting maddie and caroline and like letting them know where i was and they both had not watched episode 12 they had gotten to episode 11 and then not seen episode 12 so I finished this series and so much happens in episode 12 and I was like you guys need to watch this <laughs> because I I wanted to share about the the DR, uh, SCR2 cast and it was so painful to to have to wait I do yeah. remember, and I remember being like, Marin, I just like to savor this. Like, this is like the last piece of Danganronpa content I haven't consumed. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> it's truly just because I was lazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I took forever to finish this series, and I don't really know why. Well, let's let's get started. Um, Marin, would you please be a doll and talk us through your first note? I would love to. So we start out with Tankin and Chisa and they're they are chit-chatting and living it up. And Chisa is like, hey, here are two like zip drives with two videos that are very chaotic and like end the world and whatever. And she just kind of hands them to Tangan. And my first note is that they're not labeled. And yes, she does exactly. not indicate which one is which. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> how does he know like how is he gonna know which one is which I just felt like well I didn't like that I I do think that might have been intentional because she was obviously like despaired and so maybe she wanted him to then watch the despair inducing video because she knew that he his personality in particular I don't know was capable of doing great harm among the masses of the future foundation or something like that so maybe it was intentional so he he would have to like watch and take a 50 50 chance i don't know just saying i just remember seeing that scene and being like you know those are gonna get mixed up like you know (laughs) you've been new (laughs) like what's gonna happen but yeah oh my gosh i didn't yeah i guess it didn't really occur to me that it it might have been intentional, but I hear you, Caroline. That's definitely possible. I had the same reaction as Marin initially, though. I was just like, what? This Someone is a bad needs idea. To pull out their label maker. Yeah. Write, like, yeah. 
do this not one. watch this video. <laughs> it's like it's like the the surgeons when they write like not this one on the like the leg they're not supposed to amputate. <laughs> but like, okay, hear me out. Why did they feel the need to have either copy? Because both were kind of brainwashy esque, right? You have the one for the kids, the reserve students, and then you have one that's like despair inducing like I don't know they're both despair inducing kind of brainwashy videos right so in what world is he going to ever watch either of them she could have handed him two empty zip discs or zip drives and he wouldn't know the difference he's not going to go sit down and be like ah no I'll watch this like well there is part of the human condition that would look at that and be like I couldn't possibly be affected by something like this Mm, like an ego right and I think Tengen definitely I I don't know curiosity killed his cat if you know what I'm saying and his cat meaning his sanity (laughs) I don't know what that laugh sound was it's not like a little scream in my throat but that was really funny (laughs) yeah (laughs) no I honestly yeah I, I I think I agree with that in that there's a very human aspect of like just curiosity that like how do you resist you know what I mean like I don't know I think that he totally would watch them if given enough time and enough space to like wonder what's on these zip drives like what what could this be like I feel like a lot of people would eventually just cave in and watch it well um Marin's favorite person in the world Ryota Mitarai um <laughs> finally tells the truth about his role in all of this to everybody yeah and I just my biggest thing with this episode and like I guess a big lesson that can be drawn from this series is that oftentimes it's the people who are silent when things are going awry or going wrong or wrongdoings are being done to people that cause the most harm because they're the people that could have done something about it before it got as big as it did but the silence of like a lot of people in like Nazi Germany were were looking around and being like this is bad but they went along with it because it was easier to not question what was going on than to openly defy it um and so yeah it's a lesson for all of you and I remember reading a book when I was in in grade school of like this girl who was like bullying this other girl and then there's a third girl who is like just quietly like watching it happen and like didn't say anything about it. And our teacher was like, you don't want to be the bully, obviously, but you also don't want to be this girl because she didn't do anything about it. She just let this other girl get hurt um, and you don't want to be like that. And so I've always been a big believer in that. But yeah, so Ryota, buddy, your silence is as bad as well yeah (laughs) it's pretty bad his silence is pretty bad yeah that reminds me so much I don't know if Maddie you were about to say this too but it reminds me so much of the Black Mirror episode White Bear did you guys watch that oh yeah that was the first Black Mirror episode I ever watched and Marin you recommended it to me and I was so shook that is my favorite Black Mirror episode. I think it's so interesting. And I've said it a million times, but I love media that makes me question things. And spoiler alerts for it. Um, Caroline, I don't know if you want to watch it. So if oh you do. Okay. You're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little like dark. Um, really dark. The theme of it is um, this woman watches her boyfriend kill a small child. And she says nothing. And she just films what's happening. Um, and so the big spoiler from the episode is this woman she wakes up and she has no idea where she is and she's being chased down by these people who are trying to kill her and there are a ton of people around but no one will speak to her they're all just filming her on their phones and you find out that this is her punishment for what she did is that she continually gets her memory erased and she wakes up being chased to be killed and no one will help her because she didn't help the other person. And it's like the whole thing of like, at what point is the punishment too much? Like, you know, she's been going through this for years every day for yeah. years like that's too much right but it's like oh it's so that episode oh, is so good for yeah but uh it reminds me of that episode because it's just the question of like 
I don't know, like Ryota is standing by, like you're saying, Caroline, and not really doing anything or taking action. And how much is he to blame for that? And at what point, you know, like what kind of punishment is deserved for a crime like that? Like, I don't know, just interesting questions. Right. And now he's taking action, but in all the wrong ways. It's like he he only knows this one animal of like sort of a brainwashing technique. And so he's thinking of it as like a binary spectrum of that technique and not maybe the other options that don't exist on that binary. Yeah, I had like a similar note just along the lines of like, for one thing, I was, I don't know how either of you felt about this, but I was really surprised about the direction that Ryota went in this episode and kind of the the twist about his, you know, plot to brainwash everyone. I was really surprised at that. And I do like a good twist that I can't predict. So that I was appreciative of that. (laughs) But I, yeah, I also agree that, you know, in a way, Ryota kind of has a lot of character development here because he's like, I'm not going to just cower in fear anymore. I'm going to stand up and do something like, so it's like, okay, like good for him, but he goes in the very wrong direction of what we would, you know, root for. So it's just kind of interesting to see like, that kind of character development occur, but in kind of a malicious direction. I guess, I mean, maybe malicious isn't even the right word because he, I don't know. I I think this is just a really good example of like a fictional character who is doing something, you know, arguably wrong, bad, but genuinely, genuinely believes in how his his actions are justified. And we can see the progression of him justifying that to himself throughout this entire series. And so- the twist at the end, I think, makes a lot of sense, but it still surprised me. This did not surprise me because I, I remembered what Ryota's choices were, which is why my hatred for him began so fast and like so much in the beginning. <laughs> so hopefully, listeners, you know now, if you're watching this for the first time, why I don't like Ryota is because I, I remembered. And so, yeah, that I'll just say that as my <laughs> explanation for why. But I mean, he tries to end humanity. Like he tries to end the world and stop humanity. (laughs) And and I do also want to bring up the topic of the difference between what he wants and what Munakata wants, um, because I think that's important to dissect. Yeah. Because there were times when I was watching this last episode and, you know, obviously I don't like Ryota. That's been, you know, brought up multiple times, but it made me kind of think about Munakata's choices and how they might be similar and how they might be different. I don't know. I wanted to get your guys' opinions on that first. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that both of them, their goal is to end humanity in a way, but Munakata views humanity as like the being alive and Ryota views humanity as like the ability to think freely, I guess. And so I don't know, they're both doing that just in a different form. And is the life really worth living if you don't get to live and make those human mistakes and all of that? Like there's a quote from Munakata, like after someone says every negative emotion must be overwritten. And then he says, what does life become? Like if there's nothing, right? So um, in a way, I feel like I don't know if they, they would admit that what they're both doing is very similar, but it, it, it is. And I'm glad Munakata changes his mind and kind of comes to his senses that like Makoto's way of thinking is the, the best moving forward. But yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, the answer to this question, it's a tough one for me to wrap my head around because I think they both, you know, they both want to get rid of despair, but I think both of them go about it in the wrong way. Um, like, you know, with Munakata just being like, you know, anyone who is a part of despair just has to die. And anyone who might be a part of despair just has to die. And I don't care if I have to wipe out everyone to do that, like no more despair. But Ryota is just like, let's just have everyone just never have emotions ever again. Like, let's just get rid of that. So no one can ever be sad again. And I'm like, okay, both of those are messed up, right? (laughs) Obviously. But I think that, I think that it kind of just goes along with their personalities, really, because Munakata is much more, not militant, maybe that isn't the right word, but maybe, maybe kind of, yeah, he's more 
aggressive a little bit more you know he's got the swords going and he's like you know um he's more inclined to fight and i think ryota is more inclined toward flight if that makes sense whereas ryota is like a lot more timid a lot less confrontational and so he's like if i can just use my talent to just like brainwash everyone so that there's no more issues like that's what i'll do so i think it it kind of just is in line with their personalities in general but both are i I would argue problematic (laughs) i would argue (laughs) that's just my opinion that's just my opinion (laughs) that's my opinion (laughs) yeah part of the reason that i like munakata and i don't like ryota is probably a little bit of pretty privilege um (laughs) in that because i simp for one um i like you know i give him more of a pass but i think that part of what i like about munakata is i feel like when he is shown the other alternative so ryota's idea of what should happen or even Makoto will take it to a lesser degree Makoto gets a chance to explain to him his thought process he changes he is malleable in some form whereas Ryota I don't feel is that way he's shown Murakata's ideas and he's like no I'm still upset and then he's shown Makoto's and he's like I'm literally gonna try and kill you like (laughs) there's no change in him and even with Hajime you know I'm skipping forward quite a bit obviously but even with what happens in the end of this it's not really I don't feel like I don't know I don't feel like Hajime convinces him that he's wrong I feel like Hajime convinces him to just hold up for a second like mm. not right now and come back right. to it. I'll take yeah. that for now. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to put a pin in that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really true. Cause he never really like says anything at the end other than like breaks down and cries and then doesn't hit the button or whatever, just cause he's like in tears, but he never actually like says anything or like, there's not really closure there. I know it could be, he wants to wipe out the despair from everyone else and himself included because the burden of carrying the knowledge that he is a big reason that this all took place is just too much for him to handle yeah like the guilt I think he just he just wants anything so that he can be free of that instead of taking accountability for his actions yeah 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 Yeah, I mean that's a good point what what is easy is not always right (laughs) yeah and even when he's apologizing he like switch mid-apology and be like it's Junko's victims you know he's like oh I did this but it's Junko's victims like I did this but it's because I met Junko like it's Mm -hmm. always like he redirects it I think you're spot on Caroline yeah so I had another note and and it's just kind of like it's interesting to me because the idea of like getting rid of pain and despair completely by like just wiping out all human emotion is like a fairly common trope in a lot of fiction, like especially a lot of sci-fi. Like I honestly could probably think of like 10 examples, but the the one that stands out in my mind most, just because this show was such a pillar of my childhood, but Inside is... Out. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm just I'm just messing with you. I know <laughs> that's a good one as well. But yeah, for me, um, it makes me think of Doctor Who. I don't know how familiar you guys are with a lot of Doctor Who. I don't think you are, but um there's like these they're they're called the cybermen in doctor who they're like a you know cyborg people who are like programmed to be like robots or whatever and they're like all strong and powerful but they have no emotions they have no human emotion whatsoever and like there's a lot of you know just the themes of how we are not human without our emotions and our feelings the good and the bad and there's you know both sides of that coin that's necessary and i just I think it's interesting to see that trend so often in fiction. Like, I can't think of a single example of a story where we're we're ever supposed to root for the other side. You know what I mean? Like, we always root for the side of humanity and, like, preserving our emotions in ourselves. Like, there's never, like, it's always the bad guy, the villain, that's the one trying to, you know, wipe out the emotions. And I just think that's interesting. But I sometimes I can't help but wonder if, like, we were in a situation like the despair apocalypse or whatever, or something even worse where we're just like, we just always see is suffering day after day after day. 
would we ever root for the other side? No, that's a, that's a really good point, actually. I like, honestly, because again, it kind of goes back to like, that is so easy. Like if you've seen so much trauma or, or a lot of gone through something like that, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's a really good point. I, I would like to think that I would fight for the side of humanity. And I right. would say confidently now that I definitely feel that way, but if I, I don't know, and that's an alternate reality that I'll never, hopefully never know. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, that's a good, interesting point. Cause we can, we can sit on our high horses now and say, Oh man, like, rah, 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 rah. but yeah, at the end of the day, we don't really know what we do in that situation. Yeah. I mean, like you, you just, you never know what people have been through. You never know where people are coming from. And I think in situations of extreme suffering, like that becomes a more, um, you know, the idea of just not having to feel any emotions at all, that becomes like more appealing, I guess. But I guess the problem with that, you know, especially in context of like, in the context of, for example, what Ryoto is doing is that is like, you can't, that is like the point of no return, right? Like he's going to permanently brainwash humanity. You can't reverse that. And so that allows no room for hope that things could ever get better. Right. By eliminating despair, they're also completely eliminating hope as well. Yeah, exactly. One can't exist without the other. I do this. I think this is a good segue for my, my note, which is um, when Ryota is, you know, setting up the timer for this video to be broadcast um, he sets it for 30 minutes and I'm like, buddy, you are just asking for someone to stop that timer. Like, why not make it like 10 seconds or I don't know, like something like that. So uh, yeah. call me crazy, but that is one of my pet peeves in media when someone <laughs> sets a timer for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, I can watch an episode of Seinfeld and take a nap in that period of time. Like why is that a 30 minute timer? <laughs> it's like the villains yeah. who like pause to have their monologue or whatever before they get yeah, stopped right, right. like why didn't like, you just like, like keep guys. doing what you were doing then you wouldn't have gotten stopped <laughs> like, i'm gonna oh add gosh. a i'm gonna add a spotify poll right now listeners let me let us know if you have watched seinfeld or not i think that's gonna be a really interesting poll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah going back to what you were talking about about like just feelings and emotions and like references in media I remember when I was younger I don't I can't remember what the other song was but there's you know the song need you now by uh lady antebellum now lady a um how could you forget (laughs) yeah um they there's a, a lyric in there that says guess I'd rather hurt than feel nothing at all um, and I remember at the same time frame, I think it was a song by Miley Cyrus, but I could be wrong, but she sings something along the lines of, I want to feel something versus this nothing inside. And so it's like the dichotomy of when you are feeling too much, you want to turn it off. And when you feel nothing at all, you just want to feel something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's mm. so good. Yeah. Wake me up. Wake, wake, wake me up. Inside. Yeah, wake up. <laughs> wake me up. Um, okay I have a question so I was really curious I'm not sure what exactly they were trying to do they being the creators of the show with the like sort of like fourth wall break kind of thing like where Chisa and Junko are in the theater watching all the events of the the show on the screen and they're like oh we're dead but we can still talk about so and so like almost like a they're making it like a story within a story and I'm very curious as to what the intent was behind that, because I'm not totally sure what that contributed to the show. Yeah, the only other piece of media I can think of that does something similar is um, this really great masterpiece called Lion King One and a Half. Yeah, amen. <laughs> That's the only other piece of media I can think of that does that. Isn't there like Sesame Street where like, is it Bert and Ernie sit in the audience? Did I make that up oh, in my head? Oh, no, no. That's the Muppets and that's the two old guys. Oh, yeah. Make comments. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. And I, you know, um, a little, uh, little Ultra Hope Girls inside scoop here. Um, I prepped for this episode like, a, like maybe a month ago. And so I, I haven't <laughs> watched the episode since then. So I, I actually, could you remind me what they say, like what they are talking about in that scene? Yeah, it's um 
it's Junko and Chisa sitting in a movie theater and they're watching like I think like Tengen and Ryota or something like the stuff happening on the the movie screen that we're seeing in the anime and like Junko's eating popcorn and Chisa says something about how like oh I can see all the decisions that people are making or like I could have predicted how this was going to turn out but like I'm dead so I can't do anything about it now and Junko is like hey good job like fighting on the side of despair like yeah Marin do you remember anything else from my memory there was a little part where Junko was like look despair is doing great whatever whatever and she's a kind of makes the implication of like it's not over yet but I I can't remember specific lines but yeah I don't know for for me I have no idea why they included that. It almost felt a little bit like they were reminding us that even though it feels like Junko has control over everyone, including Chisa, you know, where at the very beginning we see Junko kind of even controlling her afterlife, like forcing her to watch what happens even while she's gone, that maybe she's not in control. Like, don't forget that Junko doesn't control everything. That was kind of the vibe, maybe. But hmm. I don't know. I have no good reason. <laughs> so it's funny because you saying that, it actually makes me feel like, look at her watching this, but she can't do anything anymore. Like she's no longer around. Like she can watch it from the outside, but there's absolutely nothing she can do. Therefore, it has to end because the core of what, the beating heart of despair has been vanquished. You know, Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is weird. And honestly, like, you know, I'm a creative writing teacher and there's a couple of like stereotypes in the stories that not that there's a right or wrong way to write. I'm all for creativity and like expanding beyond boundaries. However, this sort of framing device is sort of tacky in my opinion. And that's just my opinion. I'm one person. So please like don't base all of your art on me I'm a random person you hardly know on the internet um I'll do my next note if we have no more about the framing device um which is somebody at some point and then please let me know if any of you know who said this because it has been a long time since I prepped for this episode someone says at last we'll wake up from the nightmare of history and it made me think of the fact that you know in history classes and stuff we learn about like all these terrible things that have happened in our history and in a way like it would be great if we lived in a world where we never had to take history classes because human beings are just good to each other and there was no wars but that's not realistic but I but it is interesting that they describe history as like a nightmare because in a way it is we learn about history and the importance of learning history accurately is so we don't repeat what has come before us because we've seen so many tra- tragic things happen. That actually leads really well into my next note, which is um, recently I re-listened to our episode five of the Danganronpa 3 anime episode Ultra Hope Girls episode. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and in it, I referenced a paper by Immanuel Kant called Perpetual Peace of Philosophical Sketch. And I'm so glad that I re-listened to that episode recently because it just explains so much. So the quote that I want to talk about again is, but by war and its favorable issue in victory, right is not decided. And though by a treaty of peace, this particular war is is brought to an end, the state of war of always finding a new pretext to hostilities is not terminated. And it just explains so much as to why Tangan picked Ryota for for his muse (laughs) Um, in that. So this this quote is something that was brought up by Tangan back in episode five. Um, And the quote generally means that even if you end one war, you don't end the concept of war. You have to find peace in order to not have war. And so Mm -hmm. Tangan, if he really believes that, which I think we find that he does, picked Ryota to end the concept of war in all people through his brainwashing program. Like he literally took Immanuel Kant's words to heart <laughs> and decided that there would be no more feelings of war. And it just like, oh my goodness. I I did not even think about that when I first did the research for chapter five, episode five. I was like, oh, wow, he found a fun quote. But no, he believes that 
with all of his heart and soul <laughs> like that. Oh, all right. Well, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, wait, I have another note about this episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> one more small note. Please tell me you guys saw the post credit scene this time. Can you say what it is? Because I could, I might have, but I honestly cannot remember. It's Byakuya. It's it's Byakuya and Yasuhiro come in and they like save Makoto from the brainwashed soldiers. And Byakuya walks in and he's got his glasses and he's like, and all the soldiers like turn to him and he was like, to whom do you think you're pointing a gun or like something? And then he like just oh takes them all out. And he's like suave. Oh bleep. <laughs> You gotta go back and see it. It's so hot. (laughs) Okay, that kind of reminds me. Okay, wait, real quick. I know we're like trying to wrap up part one, but when the soldiers are pointing the guns at uh, Makoto and Hina, and Makoto's like, let me go, Hina, in his little protagonist voice. And then all of a sudden the the soldiers go down and Munakata walks up and he's like, what on earth is going on? (laughs) It's like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i will say munakata i like i know i've given him a lot of you know i've given him a hard time but he is a certified badass yeah he's a baddie yeah mm. he's a bad boy my my new thing right now is saying that i'm a baddie <laughs> you are I, i'm a baddie <laughs> oh my god when i got my scissor tattoo I after it was done I like we had the reveal where I saw it in the mirror for the first time and I was like oh my god like this is so cool and it's so awesome and and she goes yeah it's like really it's like really edgy it kind of reminds me of your vibe and I was like what vibe did you get from me that you think I'm edgy (laughs) I am not edgy I read Nancy Drew for fun All right, everybody, we are going to take a quick break, but don't go away yet, or you're going to miss something really exciting and awesome, which is that we have a Patreon, which the lowest tier is just $2 a month, and you get access to bonus episodes, such as Marin giving a pie to all of the characters in one of the Danganronpa games. All of the Danganronpa games. All of, are you And the anime. You're so cool. Oh Oh my God, that is... (laughs) That's literally so many pies. So if you want to know what pie Byakuya Togami has, you can become a patron for $2 a month. And we also really, really appreciate any five-star reviews you can give us on Apple and Spotify. It really helps the podcast and recommend us to a friend. We love having new folks. Um, And don't forget to vote if you've seen Seinfeld or not. And without further ado, we're going to take a quick break. See you in a sec. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Caroline here with a pretty exciting announcement. So I, separate from the other Ultra Hope girls, am offering some online virtual classes in things such as writing, because, you know, I'm the ultimate literary girl, and performing, and also some clubs and classes virtually via my own school, which I founded, called The Spilling Ink School. You can check that out at thespillinginkschool.com. I'm offering tutoring and college essays. I'm offering, you know, piano classes and all that jazz. So definitely check it out. It's a good time. And I will also be offering some clubs and classes that are Danganronpa related via OutSchool. So I'll keep the links all in the description. They are for people under 18, so ask your parents before checking it out. But yeah, I'm excited to potentially have some listeners in my classes, and I wanted to let you know that that's going on. So thanks so much in advance for checking it out, and I look forward to teaching some of you. And now we have returned and are talking about the despair arc, which most of my notes are just silly things that happen. Same. Honestly, I don't have a lot of like deep notes from this episode like it's kind of just like the cute little like happy ending I feel like it's true it's so sweet 
my first question is we have the former super high school level um assault team present oh, yeah we, we meet them and now i my question is can just a full full ass team of people be one ultimate like how does that work <laughs> they That's enroll us like, do, they, do they recruit the entire assault team into the class like and also like in, oh that's a dog and rumpa zero spoiler never mind <laughs> but if you know you know <laughs> yeah that's a good question also where were they hiding all this time yes I, I we didn't know. think to have them fight despair at all we just i know yeah like maybe the the super high school level assault team could mm-hmm. do a really good job if they do take teams of people, we three could go together as the ultimate podcasters. Oh, the boom. ultimate, oh, the ultimate ultra hope girls podcast. The ultimate ultra hope girls. <laughs> that, Im- that implies that there are, there are more than one, <laughs> <laughs> but we're number one. <laughs> we're numero uno. Also, um, apparently everyone in this anime is good at dodging machine gun bullets yeah very good at it they're all so good that's like everyone just has horrible aim requirement (laughs) for graduation at hope speak academy is to know how to dodge bullets really well (laughs) (laughs) what happens if you fail well you you do not graduate (laughs) you do not get a diploma you do not pass go or collect two hundred (laughs) dollars oh my I would like to put in a formal petition to start calling Byakuya Toadster. Toadster? Toadster. No, no. Toadster. That's what Hiro calls Byakuya. I think he calls him Toadster. I've always In the Japanese version, he calls him like Togamins (laughs) or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it translates very well. Byakuya. He he's like Mary Poppins. Like you must always just call him Biakia Togami. There's See, I was picturing no... him with like the toad hat, like Mario Party. No, that is <laughs> such a disservice. Maybe that'll be our episode image <laughs> for this week. Um, my next note is Nagito in all caps five times. Yes, I had the exact same note actually. Mm-hmm. Um, well, <laughs> with I. His- his hand that's like um yeah mechanic. it's a mechanical it's hand um i screamed when he came on the screen and the music behind him like the sdr2 music yes it just it it made my heart like swell you know that feeling like just yeah. joy yeah yeah pure joy and and we are confirmed 77th class is all alive which is like wow i was stoked to see everybody oh, oh. Because the second game ends on such a sad and like uncertain, but like cautiously hopeful note of like, maybe we can save them all, but maybe we can't. And so this is really good confirmation. Also, the moment when Nagito and Makoto meet each other is like, the writers were like, let's write fan fiction right now of like what would happen if they met each other it's so cute they're like literally adorable I'm obsessed with them also Bryce Pappenbrook was probably in the booth and just like playing both like like kind of like (laughs) you know those dancers that paint half their body like male and half female or like you know aesthetically Mm -hmm. it's like that with Nagito and Makoto (laughs) Um, for any Marvel fans out there Gundam Tanaka talks about the multiverse first so you actually heard about that from him my next note is that I just really want to be I really want to be a part of this universe where there are skewers of meat just everywhere um don't you mean meat on the bone no it's on the bone meat (laughs) the meat on bone on bone the meat (laughs) (laughs) no but like actually it reminded me of the first time I went to a Brazilian steakhouse oh my gosh they just bring you sticks of meat meat and they just shave it off for you they just give you meat just like it's like all you can eat just so good i'm sorry to all the vegans and vegetarians out there they probably hate me right now i just love to eat flesh (laughs) (laughs) i just love i just i just love to eat flesh (laughs) (laughs) this is 
actually an ad for Hulu's new show, Fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Also, I would like to um, say that here's my my thing. Here's my thing. Y'all, the Trigger Happy Havoc survivors are such a good group. They are all so good and I would not want it any differently and I know that a lot of people in the fandom feel differently and that's so valid and like ideally they'd all be alive like if I'm being honest however the dynamic that they have is so perfect and interesting and I don't read a lot of fan fiction but I do love there is so much fan fiction out there of the survivors just existing in the world like post the events of the of the first game and I love it because it's like you know, it's an AU where they're all like maybe living in future foundation apartments, like all down the hall from each other. And there's like a cafeteria and stuff. And like the the dynamic is so interesting to explore. So I've always just really loved like, like that group of people so much, like as, as a unit, I just love them. So I just need to give them a shout because we get to see them all interact in that end scene. And that's so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure this isn't a surprise to y'all, but I'm so happy that they brought Kyoko back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So happy. I actually wasn't surprised by it. I had a feeling that they might've been going in that direction just because it was setting itself up to be like just the perfect happy ending. You know what I mean? And so I was like, maybe they'll bring Kyoko back. But, um, and then they did. And I wasn't that surprised, but I was really happy. However, it's insanely unrealistic. (laughs) because like the uh like oh the poison just put her to sleep like it didn't actually work she had blood coming out of her eye like (laughs) (laughs) but oh well it's fine suspension of disbelief (laughs) true i actually have a i only have like two like pretty serious notes and actually one feeds directly from that which is it's really interesting that they made that decision with kyoko because with chiaki there were like there was a couple comments about how like someone lives in your memory and so they're never truly gone you know and and with especially with Chiaki that's a huge theme but they bring Kyoko back from the dead it just like I felt like there was like kind of a dissonance in that like for me like it I don't know because the theme of like you know when people pass on a part of them lives within every life that they've touched and so like their spirit in a way is with us always um, and that's a huge thing. And I, I just finished a book called All About Love by Bell Hooks, um, who is a, a very famous um, feminist author. And, and she writes a lot of, or wrote, because she has passed, um, passed on, but um, she wrote a lot of really great work about like feminism and Black lives in America and just like really good work. Highly recommend her. Um, but in the book, she talks about how our society is so obsessed with death that we don't understand how like death is such a natural part of like of living and and she says that to to love and be loved you know when someone you love dies they are with you in who in who you have become you know and so that's such an important theme but then they bring Kyoko back and it's just like so weird but I love that theme so much because it's so true but I was like, why? Like, obviously I want her to be back. I love Kyoko so much. Like, so my heart was happy, but my mind was like, why did they make that choice? That makes no sense to me. That reminds me so much of a book that we had to read in college uh, called Being Mortal by Atul Gawande. Oh, it's so good. It's basically discussing how healthcare is looked at in today's day and age compared to hundreds of years ago and where it should be going in the future. Um, based on this one person's opinion, which doesn't have to be everyone's, but um, it discussed how death is not a failure and how a lot of clinicians view death as a failure, when in reality, it should be that in this person's opinion, that a comforted death or a death where the person is at peace and not in pain and, you know, able to move into whatever comfortably is a successful death, you know, like at some point, everyone will die. And so viewing death as a failure is not a good thing to bring into the healthcare setting is basically Mm. the general theme, which it was such a good book. I, I recommend it to everyone. It is so good. Please read that. But yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I was very excited when Kyoko came back, but it felt cheap. 
Um, I saw the musical Rent and I did not enjoy it. And I know that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that Rent did a lot of great things um, in that, you know, it provided points of view from characters that aren't necessarily always shown in theater and it definitely brought up some new conversations but in it spoiler alert there's a character who has AIDS and dies on stage and then comes back with no explanation and I watched it and I was like this is so cheap you're you you're taking away the point like yeah anyways so that's my take on rent (laughs) but um yeah I do not like rent I don't and here's why I'm gonna rant about it for a second I don't like paying rent either I mean that's true (laughs) (laughs) amen um yeah rent is a musical about people with AIDS and gay people and people of color living in New York City um however because of the nature of theater and Broadway those kinds of shows have to be toned down for a white old audience. And so it makes them feel really woke and good to go to a show and see gay people with AIDS and folks with AIDS and lesbians interacting and like being free and being like crazy, like the, you know, the patriarchy, like whatever. However, there is nothing about how the AIDS crisis impacted so many people. There's nothing about like how to help people who are going through this. All the people in the story are very privileged in a way because they are shown on stage. You've seen the stage musical. Their parents are calling them, checking in on them, asking if they need money. And they say no. Why? Because suffering is art. Suffering is what makes it hot to to suffer. And, And it glamorizes this like starving artist trope. And I am like, This is neglecting those people with AIDS who are kicked out of their homes and homeless for being who they were. This is, this is a bandaid of a deeper problem. And these people going to the theater are going to feel so good about themselves because they're seeing a musical with all of these marginalized communities, but they are going to do nothing to help the actual problems that are in our country, period. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> wow. I, I was curious, actually, what your opinion of rent was. I, I didn't know, but I, yeah. It's just so cheap. If you're going to ch- if you're going to cause a death to a character that we care about, make it stick because you lose trust in the author if you take it back. It's like the but they were asleep the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, like, yeah. You just don't believe you're in your author anymore. It's like uh, or your narrator, I guess maybe would be a better better word, but that is honestly one of the things that I have like a love hate relationship with about this anime is because it is so like the happy ending is so happy and they like tie all the little knots together and they bring back Kyoko and it's like a fan fiction and in a way, like you said, Caroline, it makes my heart happy, but in my head, I'm like, you know, it's it's not not that it's not realistic it's Danganronpa nothing about it is realistic (laughs) you know we have Nekomaru shooting lightning bolts out of his eyeballs like you know it's not supposed to be realistic but it doesn't feel honest you know what it gives us in like happy warm feelings it kind of takes away in like authenticity and just honesty of how a story like this might actually play out and so, yeah, I, I totally hear you about it being kind of cheap just to bring someone back, even though it makes us happy. It's almost like a cop-out a little bit to be, to be like, oh, look, they all lived happily ever after. So yeah, I, I do have kind of a love-hate relationship with that aspect of this entire anime arc. I think the end of this episode, like Caroline, you said at the beginning of this uh, podcast episode that you watched this despair arc episode and at the end you were like this is kind of wrapped up you know like how how can I watch the the first half right well in a way I kind of want to bring that back in talking about how there's an entire game after this and obviously we're not going to talk about what happens in it until next season ha 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 but it's kind of like what's next I feel like this wrap-up could have slash should have question mark either happened and they stopped or it didn't happen like maybe they left us on that despair note like that complete utter despair and then said here's another game 
you know, right. like, cause when you have all the loose ends tied, like, oh, here's a great example. Okay. So I'm reading this book series. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and it's called, I can't even remember. <laughs> Hold on. Marin um, loves it and can- doesn't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Two thumbs up to the book. Truly Devious. There it is. So I'm reading a book series. It's called Truly Devious. And there are four books in the series. And I highly recommend it. It was very good. This is going to be a mild spoiler. So if you don't want to hear it, and you think you'll read them over the next six months, you guys could unplug your headphones. But it's okay if not. It's a mild spoiler. But basically, the first three books are one story, one mystery. And the fourth book is the same cast and a new story is starting. And I, when I finished the third book, I was like, why is there another? Just stop. Like, I I don't know. (laughs) Just stop. Know when to stop. Like, that's such a big problem in media is no one knows when to stop their story. Amen. Figure out that they've done what they came in to do and can just put a pin in it. (laughs) Walking dead. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh yeah well so there's also though to talk like I thought this is what you were going to talk about actually there's also a great despair when all the loose ends are wrapped up and you're done yeah I mean you know like I remember I remember the day I finished Buffy the Vampire Slayer which is my favorite television show and I was like that's it I was like I- I'm all out like and I know that there's the comic book series and I've tried to get into them and I really well I don't know they weren't for me but like I, I just was like, like it was emptying in a way to, to experience that. And so it's kind of like, yeah, there's another um, game after. And I'm really excited because part of me, even though, you know, maybe it should have ended here, who know, we'll, we can, we'll talk about that when we get there. But like, yeah, there's a despair in that as well. I have one final note and it is about the post credits scene of this episode. <laughs> Did you guys see this one? <laughs> Where Makoto's the principal? Yes! Oh, yeah, I did see that. Okay. Yes! What is that about? I was like, wait, what? Maddie literally out here, like, doing her homework, and me and Marin, like... Oh, We're God. like, we got to the end music! We got to the end! <laughs> yeah, um, that is honestly awesome I think it's really great that Hope's Peak in a way maybe has learned from their mistakes and is making somebody who is completely normal the principal of their institution because it's kind of humbling you know what I mean because people who go to that school are probably like so full of themselves and Makoto is like high key the purest man I've ever seen in the world and like and you're gonna marry him no I have one last note as well and then maybe we can end on your question unless you have two questions um, i have one but, note, one question but one you note, go i'll do my note um so hajime i believe in this episode says you can wait for a miracle or you can make one and i think that this is really true i mean there are a lot of factors that are out of our control that that impact our future um definitely um and i'm also in a place of privilege to to even say this but I also do think that things that you can control you know I mean you you have the ability to live your life however you want and being nice to the person at the CVS pharmacy down the street you know you have a choice whether to be like befriend the cashier or to not speak to them at all and like you know like there's like little things you can do to control like the tiny miracle that is your life and maybe they aren't big maybe it's not on a massive scale but you have the ability to make a miracle happen within your own realm and your own world um and it's yeah it's like don't dream it be it rocky horror picture <laughs> show <laughs> yes oh rocky horror we should rewatch that at some point oh i love that movie all right So my question, and we've touched on this a little, do you like this anime? We had a whole debate in our Discord about this anime and what it does to the other games and whether or not our patrons enjoyed or did not enjoy the effects that this anime had on the games. I would say that, yes, I do like this anime. Um, Overall, I did enjoy watching it. I thought it was interesting. I liked the twists that they had in it. A lot of them, like, I genuinely was not able to see coming. 
I, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was fun. It gave me warm, fuzzy feelings at the end. You know, like I said, I do have that kind of love hate relationship with how perfect everything turned out to be at the very end. Um, I do prefer stories with like a little bit of not angst isn't the right word, but like, you know, just conflict and like, you know, not everything usually gets perfectly resolved and you're left to like grapple with some things. And I don't know how much there really is that we're left to grapple with here. It kind of just is what it is. It's done. We have closure and we're good. But overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun time. Um, I loved seeing our little friends come back from the games and, you know, have a good time and everything. Um, and I am really, really happy that they brought all the the second game characters back to life because that was just like, yeah. that was one of the things where, like I said, like game two, it leaves you wondering, you know, there's room for hope, but there's also sadness. And, and then here we get the confirmation that they all they all are back, which made me very happy. But yeah, so those are those are my thoughts overall. I think my opinion has really changed on this after watching it a second time. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I also think as an anime consumer, I've seen a lot more anime since watching this series the last time. Um, and so I have seen animes that are 12 or 24 episodes long, and that's like their whole arc and their whole story. Um, and I, so here is my opinion, I think as a standalone anime, it's pretty weak. I think that it's, you really have to be into the series itself to get anything out of it. I think that if you just picked this up and watched it, you, the characters are not very memorable. You wouldn't really have an emotional investment in anything that's going on, because I think that what makes it great for me as a dog and Rumpa fan is I am invested in the characters involved in the story. I do agree. That with being that. said, yeah, I also can't imagine the story being told any other way. I think a very important aspect and an important part of the themes of this story is we have, you know, Ryota's frame of mind of like brainwashing everybody to not feel despair. We have Munakata's frame of mind of violence to eliminate despair, and we have Makoto's frame of mind of cooperation. And we wouldn't really be able to see the the full effects of all of those people's opinions if we didn't have the option to have sort of a third person omniscient view that anime allows us to have right within the visual novel yeah. scope we only are seeing one protagonist's opinion and thoughts at a time and so I think that the message that this anime I think was meant to communicate could have really been only told through the medium of anime um, and in that case, I do think it was very successful. And I think it's an important part of the anime, or sorry, of the Danganronpa, like, timeline. I think it's an essential piece of the, of the, of the canon history of, of Danganronpa. That being said, um, there are better animes out there. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I even come away the second time watching this forgetting half of the characters that I don't think are just, they're not very memorable, but I love what this... I love a lot of parts of it too, but it just is a Don Rumpa fan, if that makes sense. Yeah. That was very well said. Like, yeah. <laughs> honestly, go off. Yeah. Like, I completely agree with you, Caroline. I think um, as a Don Rumpa fan, my enjoyment of it is much higher, but like as a standalone, yeah, no, I don't think it really works. I definitely agree with both of you. Um, I do like this anime. I think the second time going through since we've kind of been replaying the games as we've gone along with this podcast, you know, we're kind of getting to consume it twice um, in an in-depth format. I understand a lot better why this anime frustrates watchers um, because my biggest critique is the brainwashing part of this anime. I think it's very vague. And I think that they don't stay consistent to a specific type of brainwashing. I mean, there's like two different zip drives we said earlier with different types of brainwashing things. And, you know, Hina is shown something on Ryota's phone, but because she gets hit by Munakata, she's suddenly okay. Whereas the soldiers who are shown the same video are hit and are still brainwashed like it's like there's too many inconsistencies with that plot line um and so i a hundred percent understand the frustration with it however i agree with caroline in that 
I feel like Danganronpa does a fantastic job of examining hope versus despair through every angle. And I agree. I don't think there's another way to show this story and show this aspect of that conflict of that deep moral conflict without doing it this way. And I would love to see someone say, Marin, you're completely wrong. Here's a different anime or whatever. Um, but at this point in time, I, I mean, it just it tied up so many loose ends from the original games that the new loose ends it creates doesn't feel like it matters as much as it would if it was a standalone anime like chiaki we get so much more about her what yeah. like we get why she is the cpu in the game like that that's it's so important it's uh yeah i know yeah it's pretty amazing their collective consciousness was like thought of her um, I only have one more note, uh, which is that we are going to head into V3. Um, and Nagito has a quote in the very end of this D3 anime episode. Um, and he says, hope we meet again. And our boy Nagito is the ultimate lucky student. So if he hopes for something, I wonder if it'll come true. Oh, <laughs> maybe he'll be back. <laughs> Who's yeah, to say? True. All right, everybody, we're moving into amended bedwood behead. And today we're going to be choosing between the three baddies, Byakuya, Nagito, and Munakata. (laughs) My prompt is who would you want to do voiceover for you in your anime about your life? That's so good. Oh, my goodness. Um, Mine is who do you want to make out with? (laughs) Keeping it simple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keeping it simple. <laughs> Mine is, who do you want to go um, on a little date night with to see the hit, hit Broadway musical Phantom of the Opera? Oh, my God. How do I choose? <laughs> this is hard. This is so good, guys. Oh, wow. This is hard. Can I choose um, one person for two of the categories? Is that allowed? No, no. I'm sorry. You can't. <laughs> okay, I think I'm ready, actually. I would have Nagito be my voiceover actor because how silly is that? Pretty silly. I'm just going to give you a moment to, to imagine that because it would be really funny. Um, and then I would make out with Munakata. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I would make out with him. Um, it would be fine. And then I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go make out with Byakuya now after that. Because Byakuya and I would have a hot, steamy date at the hit Broadway show Phantom of the Opera. Um, I think that he would really like the the vibes of Phantom. It's very like avant-garde and massive and crazy. Um, and then a hot date implies after date making out so i mean i would get to hang out with him and have dinner and make out with him so um yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> i would go see the hit broadway musical phantom of the opera with Biakuya because i agree with you caroline i think he would like the vibes of the show right and like he's very elegant and he probably has enough money to pay for like the best seat in the house um oh that Mm -hmm. is the truth yes yes um i would make out with nagito no question and i would have munakata um be the voiceover for the anime about my life because i don't think his voice matches mine at all so it would just be funny (laughs) i was actually thinking that he would do a good job (laughs) i thought yeah (laughs) Well, you know, yeah. maybe you can make me sound like deep voice and mysterious and handsome. I would make out with Munakata, period. I would have Byakuya voice act for me. Just because, I don't know, I feel like, you know, we had Jason Wishnov oh my God. do all that voice acting <laughs> during voting season. So I feel like <laughs> that's so true. It's a good vibe, right? <laughs> and then... um Who's left? Nagito. I would take him on a date to the hit Broadway musical Phantom of the Opera because uh, I feel like he might enjoy that too. I will say I feel like he could talk through it and be kind of like, I wouldn't be good if I were in this musical. But like, <laughs> other than that, I feel like he'd be a fun date. 
We are going to wrap up today's episode and wrap up season three. Next time we will be having our season three wrap up episode. So make sure you are submitting your questions. That is so, so important so that we can answer them and let you know everything that you want to know about us, about the games, about our opinions, about everything. Um, So make sure you're submitting those. We have had such a good time talking about this anime and we want to know your thoughts on it. Make sure you become a patron. If you become a five dollar patron you get access to our discord server where you can chat with all of us about our opinions like we were talking about in the episode uh, and you'll just be a part of a really cool community that's growing by the minute it's <laughs> growing by the minute that's so high stakes um, what else we are on twitter facebook instagram tiktok we're everywhere we would love to see you interact with us show us your dong and rompa art dm us and we'll support you we'll retweet what you've got out there and that's about it thanks for sticking with us for this long and we can't wait to get started on v3 soon bye yeah, bye, bye. <laughs>